It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, this is the Red Box Podcast. I'm Matt Cholly, bringing you the best of my Times radio show, Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. But it's Wednesday, MPs are back in Westminster, so it must be PMQs unpacked. Yes, it's PMQ's Unpacked. It's, uh, unfortunately, Lindsay Hoyle's not going to call him, so I shall call him instead. It's uh, Tim Shipman. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Matt. Uh, it was nice to have you with us. So we've got, uh, I think it's Andrew Bowie who was on the show uh, yesterday, uh, to- now uh, a backbench Tory MP. He's a vice chairman of the Tory party, so I bet he's asking uh, Boris Johnson a really difficult uh, question. Uh, what do you uh, think the, um, uh, the big weaknesses of Boris Johnson? I know you, you, t- you listed them just before. Well, I think news. this will be an interesting test of how nimble on his feet Keir Starmer is, because this often thing is obviously big news and I think um, if there's a degree of uh, uh, tap dancing in the, the Labour High Command they'll probably go with that um, but as we were saying earlier there's a heck of a lot you could go at um, you've got local mayors saying you know and councils saying they don't like the government's approach on the lockdown uh, you've got uh, a lot of exam chaos and, and you've got you know a constant trail of people going on holiday and then discovering that um, the place they thought was safe to go to is no longer and you know a lot of people unhappy about the speed with which the, the government is changing its quarantine rules so um, I think Starmer's challenge you know I mean what we saw at the end of last term the last uh, big PMQs he came out with this line saying you know the Labour Party is under new management his test now for the next few months is to show why the government ought to be under new management and we'll see those arguments develop. Uh, well, Boris Johnson up at the... It looks like he's had a, quite, quite a smart new haircut. He looks a bit, look, a bit neater and tighter than he did uh, um, uh, before uh, they broke up for the recess and certainly than he did uh, when he was camping uh, in Scotland. Uh, I think the really interesting thing will be if Keir Starmer can also hit home on some issues which he knows Tory MPs are annoyed about. Well, let's listen in to the House of Commons now. This is Keir Starmer. Thank you. Can I join with the Prime Minister on those comments about the tragic events of just a few weeks ago? Mr Speaker, can I also begin by paying tribute to John Hume, who passed away during recess. John was a beacon of light in the most troubled of times. He'll be seriously missed. Mr Speaker, let me start today with the exams fiasco. On the day that thousands of young people had their A-level grades downgraded, the Prime Minister said, and I quote him, the exam results are robust. They're good. They're dependable. The Education Secretary said there would absolutely not be a U-turn. A few days later, a U-turn. We learned yesterday that the Education Secretary knew well in advance that there was a problem with the algorithm. So a straight answer to a straight question, please, Prime Minister. When did the Prime Minister first know that there was a problem with the algorithm? Minister. Well, Mr Speaker, perhaps I could begin by uh, congratulating the Right Honourable Gentleman on his his birthday uh, and uh, say to him that uh, the on the exams and uh, the stress that young people have been through over the summer, both the Secretary of State for Education and I uh, understand very well how difficult it has been for them and uh, for their families going through a pandemic at a time when we have not been able, because of that pandemic, in common with most other countries in the world, to stage normal examinations. And uh, as a result of what we learned, 
uh, about the, uh, the, the tests, that the results that had come in, uh, we did institute a change. We did act. The, the students, the pupils of this country, now do have their grades. And I really ask the right honourable gentleman whether he will uh, join me in congratulating uh, those pupils on their hard work and whether he agrees with me that they deserve the grades they've got. Well, um, I mean, a bold uh, bit of waffle there by Boris Johnson. A straight... Uh, uh, Keir Starmer offered up a straight question. When did you know that things were going wrong? Uh, Boris Johnson invited Keir Starmer to congratulate the young people on the results that they got. Well, I mean, you know you're on sticky ground when you're going straight for the, um, you know, let's say all the young people are wonderful <laughs> gambit with the first question. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, he's going to have five more of these probably, and he didn't sound too comfortable there, it's fair to say. And you know, presumably Boris Johnson knows what's just been uh, happening at the Select Committee as well, and he knows what's coming next. Yeah, it was striking that Keir Starmer didn't bring up this uh, this news about uh, Ofqual firmly sticking it to Gavin Williamson, saying it was his choice to go with uh, the algorithm. It was Ofqual's third option, uh, apparently. That's come out of a Select Committee uh, this morning. Keir Starmer didn't mention it in his first question. Let's hear if he brings it up now. Mr Speaker, I've already expressed congratulations to all those students, and I do so again. But I want to go back to my question, which the Prime Minister avoided, and I know why he avoided it. Because he either knew of the problem with the algorithm and did nothing, or he didn't know when he should have. So let me ask again, when did the Prime Minister first know there would be a problem with the algorithm? Let's hear what uh, Mr. Speaker, got to say. You know perfectly well. Ofqual made it absolutely clear uh, time and again that, in their view, uh, the system that was in place was robust. Ofqual is, as he knows, an independent organisation, and, uh, and credit had to be given to, to their views. All summer long, all summer long, Mr. Speaker, he's been going around undermining confidence, spreading doubts, and in particular about, about the return to school in safe conditions and, and it's absolutely true and today today is a great day because the, the parents the pupils the, uh, of this country the teachers of this country are overwhelmingly proving him wrong and proving the doubters wrong Mr Speaker because they are going back to school in record numbers in spite of all the gloom and dubitation that he tried to spread and I think it would be a fine thing Mr Speaker if today after three months of refusing to do so as pupils go back to school, if today, finally, he said that school was safe to go back to. Come on. It does feel a bit like two people having an entirely separate conversation uh, here, Tim Shipman. Um, uh, all morning, as Boris Johnson pointed out, it is uh, Keir Starmer's 58th birthday uh, today. So all morning we have been asking people, what would you give Keir Starmer for his birthday? Uh, Thomas has just texted in saying, my younger brother Alistair, who's 14, would like to gift Keir a straight answer from Boris Johnson, which is... Uh, um, well, um, he might get that for his 60th birthday, <laughs> potentially. It, uh, so, so it does seem... I mean, Keir Starmer, it was, you know, it, you know it's, um, it's one of those sort of questions to which he knows that Boris can't give any sort of it's answer. It's a bit like, when did you stop beating your wife? Exactly right, it? yeah. Uh, he, he, this question of when did he know that things were going wrong with the exam system, uh, and then he's trying to turn it into undermining confidence in... I mean, if anyone's been undermining confidence in the ability of the school's uh, system to operate properly, it's uh, possibly Gavin Williamson. Well, and also quite bold to fall back on Ofqual said this. Uh, when we know that Ofqual have just said something else, um, which presumably the leader of the opposition might mention at some point. You'd hope. there was. I did notice um, uh, moments ago there was a 
a Conservative whip trying to beckon an MP out of the Commons chamber. Uh, I don't know if anyone on the Labour side is going to slip Keir Starmer a note to tell him that what Ofcol have been uh, um, uh, talking about. Let's see if... I suspect Keir Starmer might ask the same question again to see if he can get a different answer from Boris Johnson. Keir Starmer. The Prime Minister is just tin-eared and making it up as he goes along. I'm surprised. The, ed- the, education, secretary, the education Secretary stood at that dispatch box yesterday and said and acknowledged that Labour's first priority has been getting children back to school. That's been our first priority. I've said it numerous times in this dispatch box. He knows it very well. He's just playing games. Mr Speaker, and he's fooling nobody. Even his own MPs have run out of patience. The Vice Chair of the 22 Committee, the MP for Broxbourne, has said the Government says one thing on Monday, changes its mind on Tuesday, something different is presented on Wednesday. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Another of his MPs, who wisely wants to remain anonymous, perhaps in the Chamber, Today, he or she said, I am speaking for you because this is what was said, it's mess after mess, his own MPs, U-turn after U-turn. It's a fundamental issue of competence. God knows what's going on. There's no grip. His own MPs are right, aren't they? So that's Keir, Keir Starmer then, broadening it. He's, it's quite clear the, the Labour team don't know what's happened at the, yeah, at the, the, uh, the yeah. Select Committee this morning. They don't know that Ofqual have, have basically uh, done more to undermine Boris Johnson and Gary Williamson than anything the Labour Party managed so far. He's, he's already moving on to this broader point of trying to uh, embarrass the Prime Minister about the, the views on the Tory backbenchers, even quoting Charles Walker. That's always a gift to a leader of the opposition, if you can just read out... Uh, the quotes of government MPs. Yeah, and making the same argument he made, uh, Starmer, to his own MPs last night, that the battle was about, um, you know, a professional, competent opposition against an incompetent government. And um, you're seeing a lot of that rhetoric already. He's making the big picture case that he's going to make all the way, you know, up to the next uh, set of elections, which is that this is a mess. Um, uh, and that Boris Johnson personally is someone who makes it up as he goes along. That's that's going to be Starmer's line of attack. Um and he's got plenty of ammo for it this week. Yeah, and it's all coming from Boris Johnson's side. Let's see how the Prime Minister responds. If you like what you're hearing, you can listen to the whole of my Times Radio show. Either listen back on the Times Radio app, or you can listen live Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. We'll have more on the episode after this. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a, this is a, a, a leader of the opposition who backed uh, remaining in the EU and now is totally silent on the side. Now has performed the U turn. Well, we're, we're on to Brexit now. He still does, Mr. Speaker. Uh, this is a, a, a leader of the opposition who supported an IRA condoning uh, politicians who wanted to get out of NATO and now says absolutely nothing. This is a, a, a leader of the opposition who sat on the front oh, bench. Oh, 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 oh. It's, a it's a reference to Jeremy Corbyn there, Lindsay Hoyle intervening. We do need to try and answer the questions that's been put to the Prime Minister. It will be helpful to those who are watching to know the answers. Prime They're ticking off there, I think Lindsay Hoyle. To, to all those who are watching to know. Minister, I think I'll make the decisions today. Come on, Prime Minister. Well, Mr. Speaker, if I, if I may say, I think it will be helpful to all those who are watching to know that this opposition and this leader of the opposition said absolutely nothing uh, to oppose the method of examinations that was proposed, uh, and indeed, uh, and, and indeed, they opposed, they opposed the teacher, the teacher accreditation system that we eventually uh, came came up with. Is he now saying? that those grades aren't right? Or is it just Captain Hindsight, Captain Hindsight leaping on a bandwagon and op- opposing a policy uh, that he supported uh, two weeks ago? Uh, <laughs> where to start there? Uh, this is uh, PMQ's Unpacked, by the way, on Times Radio. I'm joined in the studio by Tim Shipman, political editor of the Sunday Times. We pause the action to try and explain uh, a bit more detail on the exchanges. I mean, we went from um, uh, Keir Starmer to... Uh... Well, Brexit to the IRA to NATO to Captain Hindsight. Yes. Which is the phrase he used towards the end of term. He's got this... Uh, this is his line against Starmer. Um, uh, perhaps slightly bold to talk about condemning a man for U-turns when his government has done, I think, uh, 12 by common consent. Um And even trying to hit Starmer over, you know, you propped up Jeremy Corbyn who supported the IRA. Well, more recently, Boris Johnson has put Claire Fox in the House of Lords, um, who has some of those uh, things on her docket as well. Well, obviously, uh, the new best friend of the show. I won't have anything said against Jeremy Corbyn, but uh, yeah, it, it does. It does strike me as a bit desperate on the prime minister's part. This, this. Well, he's trying to throw back his own weaknesses at Starmer and say, "Well, you're just as bad as I am on on, on the argument you're making." Um, I'm not sure that's going to land particularly well, um, uh, and we'll see what happens next. Yeah, let's hear from Keir Starmer. Keir Starmer. The problem is he's governing in hindsight. That's why he's making so many mistakes. Mr Speaker, before I go on, the Prime Minister said something about the IRA, and I want him to take it back. I worked in Northern Ireland for five years with the police service of Northern Ireland, bringing peace. I prosecuted the Director of Public Prosecution, serious terrorist, for five years, working with the Intelligence and Security Forces and with the police in Northern Ireland. I asked the Prime Minister to have the decency to withdraw that uh, comment. Mr. Prime Minister, he looks, he looks properly it's the same, furious, Keir Starmer. It's the same every time. Pretend the problem doesn't exist. Brush away scrutiny. Make the wrong decision. Then blame somebody else. This has got to change, because the next major decision for the Prime Minister is on the furlough scheme. The jobs of millions of people are at risk. 
The longer he delays, the more they are at risk. So will he act now, finally get this decision right, and commit to extend the furlough for those sectors and those workers that desperately need it? Let's see if he Prime responds Minister, to the IRA question. Uh, what we are doing in this, in this government is getting people back to school, getting no, our people answer. back to school in spite of uh, all the doubts that he's tried to sow, and we are getting people back to work. What he wants to do is extend uh, the furlough scheme on which this country has already spent £40 billion. What we would rather do is get people into work through our kickstart scheme, which we are launching today, £2 billion, uh, to spend to support people, young people in particular, to get the jobs that they need. He wants to keep people in, out of work in suspended animation. We want to move this country forward. That's the difference between him and us. Keir Starmer um, didn't get an answer on the IRA question. Uh, he didn't really get an answer on furlough either. No, but Boris Johnson seemed a bit better prepared for that and did at least have something to say, which is that the government have, you know, only this morning unveiled uh, their new uh, kickstart scheme. Um, and he looked like he had a little bit of fight in him there. But so things are hotting up. Starmer's looking pretty angry about things. And, and Johnson has discovered a pulse um, uh, halfway through. Halfway through. Um, while we were, we were talking about um, U-turns and government change of position, uh, when I read the headlines, what was it? 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. Uh, Boas, including uh, Bolton and Trafford, uh, were having their uh, coronavirus restrictions eased despite increases in cases and calls from local authorities for them to remain in place. Well, Matt Hancock has just put out a statement saying that following a significant change in the level of infection rates over the last few days, a decision has been taken that Bolton and Trafford will now remain under existing restrictions. So, Make that 13 uh, years. Put that, on your, put, that, put that one on your list. Uh, we had uh, Jen Williams from uh, the Manchester Evening News explain the uh, there's a lot of local politics going on there as well because uh, you know, some of them are areas with Tory MPs and they were the ones who got the government to take the restrictions off and anyway now the restrictions are back in place so that's what's happening in Bolton and Trafford uh, let's go back to what's happening in the House of Commons chamber can, 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 can I just say there was a question about the allegation and all that I was very concerned that was the point I was making I think in fairness I'm sure you would like to withdraw I'm, well Mr Speaker I'm very happy uh, to say that I think that uh, I listened to the protestations of the right honourable gentleman. I think they would have been more they would have been more in order throughout the long the long years in which he supported he supported a leader of the Labour Party. When the Prime Minister has worked with the security and intelligence forces uh, in prosecuting criminals and, and terrorists, he can lecture me. I asked him I asked him to do I asked him I asked him to do the decent thing, but doing the decent thing and this Prime Minister don't go together. This has been a wasted summer. The government should have spent it preparing for the autumn and winter. Instead, they've lurched from crisis to crisis, U-turn to U-turn. To correct one error, even two might make sense. But when the government's notched up 12 U-turns and rising, the only conclusion is serial incompetence. That serial incompetence is holding Britain back. Will the Prime Minister take responsibility and finally get a grip? It's going. It's all getting a bit lively, isn't it? We've heard from uh, Lindsay Hoyle more today than I think in any previous uh, PMQs put together. It's not quite Bukovian, but he's certainly uh, uh, putting a bit of stick about. I think that's an interesting line of attack, though, from Starmer. I think what we'll see in PMQs uh, in the weeks ahead is a sort of attempt to set Boris Johnson up for failure this autumn. He'll say, you should have done all this stuff, you should have prepared. If there's problems with the economy, if there's problems with the second wave, what is it that the government has not done this summer and that it ought to have done? And I think it's the same kind of argument that, that the Tories made about 
about Gordon Brown. They constantly said he didn't fix the, the roof while the sun was shining. Um, and I think, uh, you know, Labour's strategy for, for the winter is to say, you know, during the summer you should have been preparing for this stuff and you haven't. And we saw a little bit of, of that starting to be rolled out there. Well, let's go back. Let's hear from Boris Johnson. I take full uh, responsibility for everything that has happened under this government throughout my period in office. And actually what has happened so far is that we have succeeded in turning the tide of this pandemic. And in spite of, in spite of the, uh, the negativity and the constant sniping from the opposition, uh, we are seeing a country that is not only going back to school, but going back to work. Britain is in the lead in developing vaccines. We are in the lead in, uh, in, uh, in finding uh, cures for this disease, in dexamethasone, uh, in finding treatments uh, for this disease. And not only that, Mr Speaker, we are taking this country forward in spite of the extreme difficulties that we face. What I think the, the, the people of, the, of, of this country would appreciate is uh, he and I, the Labour front bench, uh, everybody across this House, coming together and uniting and saying that it is safe for kids to get back to school. And, we, and I must say, Mr. Speaker, we still have not heard that, those words from the right honourable gentleman. Will he now say school is safe? I've said it many, so many times. School is safe. My own children have been in school throughout. There's no issue on this. The Prime Minister is seeking to divide instead of. I, I, wrote to him on the, I, I wrote to him on the 18th of May in confidence and in private, offering my support to him to get kids back to school. The only reason they weren't back before the summer was because of his incompetent education secretary. Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister will recall that before the recess I asked him if he would meet the COVID-19 Bereaved Families for Justice group. I had the privilege of meeting the families on the 15th of July. They gave me incredibly moving accounts of how COVID-19 had taken their loved ones from them. On Sky News last week, the Prime Minister was asked if he would meet the families. And he said, and I'll quote, of course I will meet the bereaved. Of course I will do that. But yesterday, they received a letter from the Prime Minister saying that meeting them was now, regrettably, not possible. The Prime Minister will understand the frustration and the hurt of those families that he said one thing to camera and another to them. Can I urge the Prime Minister to reconsider, to do the right thing and find time to meet these grieving families? Well, this is a story that you uh, know about because it's been in our news bulletins all morning on uh, on Times Radio. The real change in tone uh, there, Tim, with his uh, Keir Starmer's final question. Yeah, and, you know, his constant challenge is to try and frame Boris Johnson, to attack Boris Johnson, but also to appear like a credible replacement for Boris Johnson. And I think that's a little bit of uh, what you'll see there. The more in sadness than anger uh, approach um, is one Starmer likes. Um, and... Uh, yeah, this has been an interesting PMQs. I think um, it's not been a great day for Boris Johnson. Well, let's see if he can pull it out of the bag with his final response to Keir Starmer. Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, if, I'm, if I may say to the right honourable gentleman, it's absolutely typical of him that he should frame it in that way. Because uh, when I made that answer, of course I was very happy to meet uh, the families of the, uh, the breed and I sympathise deeply with all those who have lost loved ones throughout this, this pandemic. And we all uh, feel their pain and and their grief. But it turns out that this particular group that uh, he refers to are currently in litigation against the government, and I will certainly meet them once that litigation is concluded. Uh, but I may say to him, it would be a better thing, rather than trying to uh, score points in that way, if he joined together with us 
and say, uh, with, with this government and said not only is school uh, safe, but it is also safe to go back to. And he, and it, by the way, Mr Speaker, that's the first time in four months he said it. As I'm delighted, I'm delighted to have extracted it from him over this dispatch box. He's never said it to me in the House of Commons. Uh, I hope, Mr Speaker, I hope, Mr Speaker, he will also say, he will also say that it is safe for the workforce of this country to go back to work in a COVID-secure way. We want to take this country forward. We're not only getting the pandemic under control, with deaths down, with hospital admissions way, way down. We will continue to tackle it with local lockdowns, with our superlative test and trace system, which, by the way, which, by the way before, they, before they sneer, before they mock at it, Mr Speaker, has now conducted more tests than any other country in Europe. And, and he might hail that rather than sneering at this country's achievements. Well, there we are. That was the uh, final response from uh, Boris Johnson. So uh, I think it's fair to say Boris Johnson didn't have a great uh, outing for his first time back at PMQs. There is part of me that those things that Keir Starmer didn't necessarily exploit every everything at his disposal. That sometimes when the best uh, um, uh, proponents or the best, the best people at PMQs, when, the, when done well, David Cameron was quite good at this, Ed Miliband on a good day could do this, was you'd sort of, each question would mount an argument. So you got to the last one and it was, it was then basically your clip for the news. You know, you, as you was basically did earlier on, Tim, uh, you do, you know, chaos on exams, chaos on lockdowns, uh, you know, chaos on the economy, whatever it is, uh, and you, you sort of you mount an argument and a case, and it didn't really feel like anything. Yeah, and frankly, um, you know, a breaking piece of news from a, from a select committee and another U-turn during proceedings. If he'd been able to work all that in as well, he could have. I mean, I'd score that about three three one for Keir Starmer, and it could have been six nil. Yeah, it, it, it's that whole thing because. Much as you and I enjoy watching PMQs, I've mean, talked to Asma at breakfast this morning. She's not a huge fan uh, of PMQs, it has to be said. Uh, for all of the political nerds who'll sit through the whole thing, far more people will, will listen to the news bulletins or watch the, the news bulletins later on. And I'm not sure there was a devastating... Keir Starmer hasn't booked his place in the news bulletins uh, through the quality of uh, his attack lines. Not, not no, I think that's right. And this is the challenge for him. His style is, you know, as we know, that deadly word, forensic. Um... But if you're going to do forensic, it helps if you, as you say, build an argument. And I don't think he really did there. Um, one thing didn't necessarily flow from the other. Um, and his his challenge is not to be serious and credible. His challenge is to be interesting. Um, and I don't think he quite got it over the line today. Well, there we are. So that was the main exchanges between uh, Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson. PMQ's unpacked on Times Radio. Matt Jolly uh, joined by Tim Shipman, the political editor of the Sunday Times. Uh, now let's take the other uh, front bench contribution. This is Ian Blackford, the Westminster leader of the SNP. Thank you, Mr Speaker. And can I associate myself with the remarks of the Prime Minister and the leader of the opposition on the tragedy that we witnessed uh, close to Stonehaven and indeed to the tribute that we had to John Hume from the leader of the opposition. John Hume, a man that did so much the delivery of peace in the island of Ireland. Mr Speaker, yesterday the Prime Minister told his cabinet, and I quote, I am no great nautical expert, but sometimes it is necessary to tack here in response to the facts that, as they change. It was surprisingly honest for the Prime Minister to admit his government is all at sea. A UK government now defined by eight U-turns in eight months. But if the Prime Minister is true to his word, then surely he must see sense and change tack for a ninth time. With the clock ticking for struggling businesses and workers, 
Will the Prime Minister commit today to extend the job retention scheme beyond October? Or is his government making the political choice to accept levels of unemployment last seen under Thatcher in the early 1980s? Yeah, I thought it was quite smart of uh, Ian Blackford to pull that out. It was a very odd line that Downing Street put out yesterday from Cabinet. And Boris, make, Boris Johnson making this, this nautical joke about tacking here and there. Yeah, I mean, they, their argument is, and what they would say their private polling shows, is that the public doesn't actually mind you turns nearly as much as uh, political commentators uh, appear to. Um, and that actually, if the government listens and does the right thing, then, uh, frankly, a few weeks down the line, most punters don't care at all um and so they tried to dramatize that argument through you know putting some words in a prime minister's mouth and briefing them to the media um but it does sort of open the door to questions about u-turns though ian blackford quite generous there saying only eight u-turns so um <laughs> ian blackford also slightly skirting over the issue that his own party in scotland had to perform the same u-turn on exams uh, the issue being that the the uh, Westminster government, Gavin Williamson, ignored that experience and ploughed on and then followed him in the U-turn. Anyway, he also actually asked uh, Boris Johnson to extend the furlough scheme. So let's see if the, what the Prime Minister said. Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker, I, and, uh, I, members of uh, opposite on, on, of all parties seem to want to extend the, the furlough scheme, uh, which has uh, already uh, cost this country £40 billion, kept, uh, helped supported £11 million people, but after all, keeps them in suspended animation and prevents them from going to work. What we want to do is get people back to work. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why that I hope you would instead support there. our Kickstarter scheme to get young people into jobs and support them in those jobs. How much better is that than languishing out of work? Ian Blackford coming back. My goodness, Mr Speaker, languishing out to work. The furlough scheme is there to protect people so they can come back to work when the time is right. Mr Speaker, France, Germany and Ireland have extended their furlough scheme into 2021. Mr Speaker, they have made a moral choice. They are not prepared to punish their people with record levels of unemployment. You know, Mr Speaker, people in Scotland are seeing a tale of two governments. While the Tories are cutting follow scheme support. Yesterday, Nicola Sturgeon was announcing new investment to protect jobs, including a youth guarantee. We all know that jobs are under threat if the furlough scheme ends in October. The power to end this threat lies with the Prime Minister. Will he do his duty and extend the furlough scheme, or are we going to return to levels of unemployment last seen under Thatcher with the resultant human misery? What we are doing is not only uh, continuing with the furlough scheme, as he knows, until the end of this month, which is by far, but far more generous, by the way, than anything provided in France or, or Germany or Ireland. We're continuing with it, uh, but we will also, uh, after, after that scheme elapses, we will get on uh, with other measures to support people in work. And starting today, there is the Kickstarter scheme to help young people get the jobs that they need. Uh, that is in addition to a £160 billion package that we have spent to support the economy throughout this crisis. This government has put its arms around all the people of this country to support them throughout the crisis. That is what we are doing, and we will now help them to get back into work. 
So I mean, our Boris Johnson just repeating the same answer, ruling out an extension of the of the of the furlough scheme. Uh, so that's the end of the, the front bench exchanges. Do we feel like we've learned a huge amount, uh, Tim Shimmer? Well, I think we've learned broadly w- the way Starmer is going to attack is going to be similar to what he did um, before the break. Um, and I think we've, from uh, Ian Blackford there, heard uh, what you'll see on all the messaging ahead of the Scottish elections next spring, a tale of two governments, he called it. And that's, uh, you know, their argument from independence is going to be based on showing that the government in uh, London is a shambolic mess um, and that that's why you should vote for independence. Um, also invoking Margaret Thatcher, which is always, I mean... Someone who's not been in uh, power for thirty odd years, but still goes down very well with a certain uh, yeah, type absolutely. Of it plays Scotland. very well north of the border, and also you know the other thing we learnt was that we just got a new leader of the Liberal Democrats, but he has to wait for his first question. He only gets one every four weeks, um, and Ed Davey will be sitting there screaming at the TV this afternoon, I would think. Well, there we are. This, uh, so uh, Tim Shippen there, join me for PMQ's Unpacked, where we pause the action to try and explain uh, what is going on. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Red Box podcast. Uh, you can now listen back to my whole show on the Times Radio app, where you can also now listen to all of the Times podcasts, including Red Box 2. Make sure you subscribe and review at the Red Box podcast wherever you listen. But for now, from me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye.